G'day partners, welcome to the deep dive. We're going to look at some uh, interesting races in Adelaide. They weren't good races, they're very slowly run races. Um, but I think there's some good horses that could improve out of the meeting. Yep. Um, and it was easily the most exciting meeting on Saturday. Sandown was uh, like just an absolute boreathon. Um, fuck it. I quickly, I quickly give you the the rundown of Sandown. It's just real simple. Anything that settled worse than midfield and made some ground, you can follow with confidence. Anything that settled forward of midfield was probably suited and probably blessed. So it's a very tricky meeting to do form for, like to review and and make money from going forward. Um, I'm just going to sort of pen the whole meeting, focus on some of the SPs, but they just runs everything settled forward in run except for He's a Fox, which was over a bit of a trip and more than exceed which was the fastest race to run to the 600 all day. Anyway, sitting down, boring. And a bit like racing.com did on Saturday, we're just going to basically ignore it. So we'll focus on Adelaide. Peter, which race do you want to start with? Now let's focus on races five, six, seven, eight. No, we'll leave five. We'll just go six, seven, eight. Race six, Chilong. We'll kick off there in the Uclays, the group two over 1,200. Um, as you said, most of the races run at Adelaide were pretty slowly run. This was probably the exception. They've gone fast for the class. 3.4 lengths fast to the 600. Um, what we saw oh. in Adelaide on the day, though, was quite a few horses. Settling forward was advantaged. Rails was advantaged. In the straight, lane two was advantaged. And then lanes five to seven were good. Anything wider than lane eight were not suited. Yeah, which really makes you wonder, like, what they were thinking. Because mm. they all wanted to get off the fence. Yep, there was no disadvantage lesson, being there. Lesson learned in the corona climate, like, when the elite riders aren't riding in the big races, there's more chance for chaos. And they, you saw in race two, like, we were talking about Adelaide a lot, you and I, through the day. You saw in race two, like, race one, I was like, oh, it's on pace since I suited. Mm. And in race two, I think it was, they came down the outside and you thought, oh, hang on, hang on. And clearly every rider thought the same thing and just flipped. Yep. And just felt like sheep. They just did the same thing all day. Uh, we back Broadway in fourth year and I've pretty, I reckon we're pretty stiff. Yeah. If he just sits a bit closer, he's clocked the fastest last everything inside the race. It's probably really quick first of the day. Or well, probably not because of how fast they've... Um, He's clocked the fastest last everything inside the race. Um, from the six to the four, his, his sectional is, is enormous. Zilong, the winner, which I think if we were sort of more into meeting, I was happy to spec Broadway and fourth at $18. Mm. If you're more into the meeting and trying to like really figure it out, I think he would have been with Zilong. It was an SP sort of bet. It had an SP over all the key horses here outside yeah. of Broadway and fourth. Its last 200 metres is extremely slow. Like They're all gassed here. Yep, the only horse, the only horse to record a negative figure the last two hundred meters is Broadway and Fourth, who's got good ability. Just needs to find the right brake shape, which is hard for the horse because it looks like it lacks early speed. But I think a little bit more early, and the horse probably wins here. Just need to be close enough to run over the top of them. I think they're spelling Garner, which I think they need to. Its last two hundred was plain. Um, I don't know what else you want to take out of the race. A little Contra's hard horse to catch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, look, as you said, Broadway and fourth, just having a look at the overall figures, it's run the sixth fastest last 600 on the card. 
Um, off, off, of, off a proper tempo early, which there wasn't a lot of on the, at this meeting. They they walked in a lot of races. We'll get to the Oaks shortly. They've gone a lot slower than you'd think to the eye. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's go straight to that race. They're the Australasian Oaks. In terms of the speed, they've gone three lengths slow to the 600, and that's with a mid-race move by Moonlight Maid and Zach so, Spain. I think FYI for the punters at home watching this, you probably watched the previews and you know we we're with we we're with Moonlight Maid anyway, but we were with Moonlight Maid and it may affect the way I view this race looking backwards. But Zach Spain's ride on Moonlight Maid was not that bad. The horse went faster to the 600 at Caulfield last start than it went here. That's with the mid-race move. Um, to back this horse at $12 and for it to be given... Well, what the ride he gave it was really good given the circumstance. I think he should have rolled to the fence and gone quicker from the sort of eight to the four and exposed them. That's the only critique I've got of his ride. Yeah, probably went too wide into the straight as well, given that there was, you know, a number of horses that performed well through that lane two and the winners yep. come up lane two and one. <laughs> so, but he, but he, he was a moral, like an absolute moral to... To like I text you mid race. Mm. We both said wow, like at the same time to each other. Yeah. And then I said, watch him drop anchor. They just can't help it. Yeah. They just can't help it. So I think if he goes a little bit quicker through the middle section, even then he's gone, it probably wins. Mm. I'm convinced we backed the right horse here. A pair yeah. to remember had had this thing cold and couldn't run over top of it. Um it's just one of those like brutal uh betting experiences. Yeah. This, this is like a, in hindsight, it's a $4 shot, I think. Yep. We've taken 12s and we've fucking missed. Toffee Tongue, oh, congratulations to, um, who wrote it? D Damon Thornton. A lot of, lot of uh, Twitter work for him. Well done. Congratulations. Completely and utterly blessed in run. This thing was back and buried. If they don't get off the fence, for, I don't know why they all do, but if they don't, it can't win. How often do you see it, though, in a staying race? They just all try and swoop or fan wide coming into the corner and just cost themselves vital ground, and there's just something just sitting there just waiting. It goes, oh, yeah, oh but, there we go. Yeah, but for, for it to be the favourite, to just be sitting there on the fence as a favourite, hoping for it and praying for a miracle. It's blessed. Fucking shit. It really, really gave me the shits, and it still probably does. Yeah. Uh, I don't bet the place. Pay $4 a place, I think, Moonlight made. It's almost the price I took in the uh, the futures multi I had with Tuscan Queen in the Derby. I took six dollars Moonlight made at the time. Just... Well, that, that's the fascinating thing about this. I was talking to, um, I think it was Josh, um, Josh Cadley, the the intern, Doctor Junior. Um, <laughs> in like we took sixes early, then we went again at twelves. Yeah. In hindsight, I think sixes was big overs. It was the right price. Like at worst, it's the right right price. They the, they have gone so slow here. This is a disgraceful overall figure. Um, Pen job. I don't know what to say about horses like Vegas Jewel. Sort of nudge. Sierra Sue's got none. It doesn't mm. stay. I think it was given cover. They went as slow as they possibly could. Yeah, I, I'm I'm real stiff on this. Um, Really, it's just, it's just shitty. Well, speaking of which, let's just go straight to race eight. The Robert Sangster over 1,200. Group one for fillies and mares. The horse that led showed intent, Bella Vella, at 40 to one. 
They again found that grouse lane two in the straight just did not move for Todd Panel and Will Clarkin. And they've just gone even here to the 600 and the horse has just put itself into the race and won. Yeah, I think it's key to, to sort of horses like like even Street Icon, who we sort of mm. we spected 80 to 1. It's run almost 10 lengths slower than it went the previous start. In a, this is a disgraceful group one. Yep. It's a group. It's not even a group race. It's not even a group time. Um, you, th- you sort of thought when they, when they couldn't catch this thing, like, oh, put me in the wheel clock and barn. I need, to, I need to improve. Well, no, they just, they just walked. Yeah. Like, Bella Vella's like, previous two starts, uh, I think that one of them was at Mooney Valley. They've both gone faster than it's done in this group one. Yep. It hasn't been asked to do anything. It's just, it's well within itself to win here. Um, some really passive riding. Blessed, just blessed the winner here. And it's too good for him. Away game has gone backwards. Off its pre, like it's, it's, the damage was probably done for this horse. If you think it's got really good ability, which they obviously do, the market did. Got big ability. It's got no weight. And it's the slowest it's gone to the, to the uh, 600 in five starts. Yeah, it was a scared. There was a few scared rides there, really. You want to, you wanted to like be sort of exposing these other horses and yeah. make it a real yeah. test, not not a sit and sprint. Well, it's gone three lengths worse than last start and five lengths worse than the start before. Yeah, so obviously they'll get rid of it now. Well, not get rid of it. It'll go to the barn. Um, the two-year-old. It'll come back in the spring. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like it'll go for a spell. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck, mate! Give me a break, right? I'm not sleeping much over here, punters. The kid's he's regressed. <laughs> regressed badly. I've got to get myself right for tomorrow. Anyway, what do you make of Sunlight? Oh, look, they tried something different, you know. Props. Did props they notify them. the stewards, the punters? Well, they didn't notify them they are going to be racing uh, what in lane 15 early, but, uh, you know... Oh, oh, geez, I, I, I would love to have been on like a little WhatsApp group or something with uh, uh, Freddie Kersley, blind Freddie. He would have, and he should have torched Tony for that <laughs> arrogant fucking voicemail he left, bagging Fred. It's utterly ridiculous in inept tactics. The stable's going awful. Utterly, like, they, they've, they buy out big at, at yearling sales and they're delivering zilch. They'd be under enormous pressure internally. I think the pressure showed with that. They tried to reinvent the wheel. Like you got a fast horse. He, he's gone. He, here you go, Tony, blind Freddy. I'll give you a, a little bit of insight from a data point of view, from some times. Sunlight's gone slower, gone slower to the 600 two times in its last four preps. So you, you've, you've not used what the horse has got. But you've, you've you've plotted a path. You tried to find the best grass, but you haven't gone as fast as a horse can go. Unbelievably stupid. Deep deep thinking that just grade himself up and grade up poor old Barun, the biggest shins in racing. What's he going to do? You think Barun told him to go out there? He just does as he's told. That's why it's why it's the man for him. <laughs> Big fears for the for the McAvoy Yard. They really need a lift. Seven wins from the last 50 starts. Awful. Completely blessed to win to win race five, two. Shroud and missed. 
Market mm. didn't want it. They walked. Seabrook should have won. Alrighty, Dickens. Let's jump across back to my old stomping ground. There's a couple of races we need to talk about. We need to deep dive in. One's a good news story, but let's start with a bad. I say the bad. It's probably not the right term. The truth. But this show is called a deep dive. And there was a race there at Ascot on Saturday. And it wasn't the Miss Frost race. It wasn't even that, which we could have deep dived into. But at the end of the day, it was one was horse. That the one with a hip and shoulder? Yeah, it was a hip and shoulder 100 metres into the race. And look, she was four lengths below her, what she probably should have been able to produce based off previous figures. And look, but if you backed her as a $1.40, $1.50 chance, you feel hard done by. I laid her for different reasons and still got a result out of it. But you feel anyway, a bit that's yeah, I was, I was blessed on that occasion. But look, there was one race there. Race seven on the card was won by Condor Heroes. So credit to the Ganjimis. They've got the horse across from Victoria. was with Gerald Ryan. Then it went to the Hayes, Hayes and Dabenig team. And Condor Heroes has returned two figures in WA, won both starts that are equal to the best that's shown in its career under Gerald Ryan. So the horse is back in a good, good order, good condition. But race seven was an absolute disgrace and there was no mention in the stewards report and here's the reasons why it should have been talked about in the stewards report to start with condor heroes has gone an even speed to the 600 they've gone two lengths fast for the class but it, we're going to revert this back to the old benchmark because we need to compare it to a couple of other races so we're going to take a look at condor heroes it ran over a thousand meters it led by about four lengths conservatively and it won by 4.3 lengths if we compare to race one on the card, which was a two-year-old race over 1,000 metres. Sassy Trader, the winner. Sassy Trader won. Now, Condor Heroes would have led that field, as it bloody well should have, because it's a seasoned sprinter and we're comparing it with two-year-olds. But the horses running second and onwards in the race of Condor Heroes were trailing, were trailing every horse in the two-year-old race, barring the last two. So what the fuck was every other jockey doing in Condor Heroes race? They were just sitting there waiting. Is what, what I love about this pun is, is Pete's been uh, back properly betting and selling information for two weeks and look at him. He's joined me. <laughs> he will it's not tolerate right this, this shit any longer. This, this looks like a hot go. It screams hot go just when you look at the data of Condor's Heroes who under the Hayes, Hayes and Dabinick yard was able to to produce figures of around sort of five and a half below, 12 and a half below, 2.1 below, two starts for this joint in slow races too. Like it went, it went 6.6 faster than 600 and three faster than 600 for its last two starts under Hayes, which is a platform to run a big figure. Yep. It went and then, and it shit itself. It's now run 3.8 to the 600 and 1.8 to the 600 and recorded a 5.3 and a six. That, that, that's 15 lengths superior to what it was doing under the Hayes stable. Yeah, look, there is obviously, like the Ganjimis are very good at taking horses, recycling them and getting the best out of them. We've seen it with Durandell, we've seen it with Rock Magic, uh, Super Maxi, there's been Battle Hero. There's been a, a number of examples where they've been able to get the best out of a horse. But the fact that there was no questions asked of how this race unfolded, Condor Heroes has actually gone two lengths slower this start than it went first up. The figure it's recorded is about 0.7 of a length better. So it's gone better overall. The horse, 
no complaints with how the horse was ridden. It's just that the rest of the field was going so slowly that they were trailing every horse in the two-year-old race. Now, not only that, but that in itself is pretty hard to believe. But then you have a look at the flux. Now, the official price, which I'm not even a big fan of, like with the flux, Condor Heroes has gone from $7.50 on the official flux starting half an hour before the race. It's jumped at $4.20. (laughs) On the fair, it's gone in the last 10 minutes of betting from $10.50 into a starting price of roughly $4.57. Oh, my God. There was no mention in the stewards' report of anything being investigated. Now, we've got data here. We've got both betting data and we've, both, we've got sectional times provided by punting form. .com.au. .com.au. We're able to adjust the figures and compare them to other starts. But this is the one, and it's a perfect example of a time where I'm not suggesting anything untowards happened, but as a steward, your job is to actually investigate this or at least look like you're investigating it. Mention yeah, something then, in the steward's report. And- and then because you don't investigate it and I look at this data and I look, I look at the betting flux, which I've just done for two minutes right now. And I'm only in my own right. It's, it, I'm fair, it's fair to assume that something very hot has gone on here when a horse goes tens into fours. That's a huge, huge crunch. And then he's yep. c- completely blessed and just given the A1 run. Yeah. I mean, for me... I, uh, I, but I, think, I think what they need to articulate to, to the stewards who probably don't watch, but the Victorian ones do, is that... Um, when you don't investigate this kind of uh, stuff that looks hot, what that does, Pete, Pete's pretty sick. He's probably going to keep betting there. I'm not. Because I'm not, I'm not sure what's going to go on. So you'll lose turnover, therefore you lose funding. The, the integrity of, of your jurisdiction is, is key to people having the confidence to bet there. Yeah. I mean, look, I know there's wagering stewards and I'm sure if they had any concerns with how the race has unfolded, they would have contacted Betfair, which they do, but we don't know if that's happened here or not. There was nothing public made in the stewards report. There was no comment in the stewards report about this race whatsoever. There was no mention of the fact that they went slower than the two-year-olds, barring the winner. Um, For disclosure, I backed Amelia's on fire. It was one of my best bets of the day. And I backed Stable Secret, which ran second and SP $193.84 on Betfair's starting price. So I've backed those two. Did the others blow while the other firmed? Amelia's on fire stayed firm. There was a a longer price available early on in betting um, and it stayed relatively firm late. Uh, Most of the other horses just drifted out. Naturally, they had to, just given the fact that there was money coming for Condor Heroes. Um, look, it's just, it's a race. It was an anomaly. Um, I was very surprised when I was looking through the data this morning. At the time, it looked like Condor Heroes might have just recorded a PB and just been far too good. But then when you compare some of the data and you compare the times and the splits available over the same distance against a far weaker class of horse, we're talking two-year-olds, the whole thing makes no sense. Yeah. But that's the bad news. The good news is we arguably saw the best performance in Australia over the weekend. We're talking about Fabigino, who obviously... Could Fabigino, Peter, could Fabigino go to the Everest? I mean, look, yeah. The, cash, the, Peter, cash, mate. The cash, cash is there. Cash, 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 cash. Yeah. I mean... What does horse racing exist? That cash. sweet cash. Well, I mean, Fabigino's run an equal... She's run her third career best there on the weekend. 
Um, her second start this preparation, which they've been spacing beautifully, Tiana Robertson and the team there, second start this prep was a 13.3 above the all benchmark, which was a very serious figure to record at Ascot. Then went to Flemington, recorded an 11 flat. And, and then, she, she, that was real impressive what it did at Flemington. Yeah. Like it kind of did half of a bit sideways and just killed them. Yeah. Like it killed like proper horses, decent horses. And then we just saw there on Saturday in race six over the 1100 and 11.5. So half a length superior to that Flemington performance. But probably the most important thing for me was it's the first time that Fabergino's won when not leading. We've seen previously the horse can get a bit stirred up when that's the case. She just looked to relax beautifully there. They're going at a fast tempo set by Mervyn. Um, Mervyn was completely pantsing Condor's heroes if you take those two sectional splits and compare them one to another. But uh, Fabergino's returned an outstanding figure. And I thought it was a really good case study. There was a talk coming out of the race. Would Fabergino be able to step up to 1,200 and win, say, a winter bottom in Perth or potentially contend in an Everest? I'm pretty happy, given the last 200, where she was faster and accelerating against the race. And then also the old benchmark figure on puntingform.com.au. They're both negative, which means she's going better than those two comparisons. I think she would handle 1,200 beautifully the way she's going at the moment. The stable seems absolutely like, set in how they're preparing they like to, it. They like to space its runs, don't they? Yeah, and that's what they've worked out with the horse. Backing up you know, with a month or so, a uh, month or a little bit longer seems perfect for the horse. Obviously has a few little issues, but just seems to have matured really well. And she is just a dead set weapon now. All right. Anything else we should uh, touch upon, talk about? Um, probably let you get away and start editing that and then doing the admin for the Bull Punters Club, which is just about to hit a thousand people in it. And I reckon probably go past 170K. This is early on. What day is it? Monday. So yeah, just yeah. You got you got a big day ahead of you, man. Man, I, I'm just gonna try and keep it in neutral. 